This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Auburn, you know, they really recruit me real hard. They was texting me every day, giving me the call them almost every day. So it was very relieving, you know. I've been wanting to do this for a little for about two weeks now, so I'm just so thankful to get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. This is the show where we discuss and analyze football prospects on all levels beyond the industry standard high school, college, and the NFL draft. You name it, we cover it. You can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at Prospects 101 Pod. And welcome to Recruiting Roundup, guys. This is our weekly show we do every Friday morning, highlighting the week of recruiting and, and getting you our opinions on what has happened this week and you know no surprise just like every recruiting week it was a big week we had some big commitments we had some big transfers a lot of news to get to today uh as always i'm joined by brandon glessner brandon what's up hey what's going on guys excited to be here and my other co-host brandon pastel brandon how you doing oh it's a sad week man sad week virginia tech lost its quarterback of the future Starting out hot. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you go into that, Pastel? Why don't you tell the listeners what you mean by that? I don't want to, man. It, it was such. It was such heartbreaking news. Demetrius Davis. He was a a four star quarterback out of uh, Texas who committed to Auburn this past week, and he was at once commit to Virginia Tech and a strong commit. I mean, if you remember some of the things he was saying, he he was not losing. Uh, he was not going to give up on Virginia Tech. He was trying to get more recruits to go to Virginia Tech, and then he kind of uh, had a change of heart and. He's he's a five five foot eleven. I mean, he's a smaller quarterback, but the guy is just unbelievable. I mean, he's I think he's won two state championships. I don't think this guy has lost a championship since the age of like seven. If you just kind of read his backstory, wow. the guy's always been a winner, and he's always putting the team first. And I was just such excited to have a guy like that come to the Virginia Tech program. On top of his skill set, I mean, the guy is a dual threat by all means. I think they have him ranked in as a mm-hmm. number four dual threat. But I mean, you could you could make a strong argument that he's the second best in the country. And I think Virginia Tech, I mean, obviously the natural comparison was he was the next Michael Vick. And Virginia Tech, as a Virginia Tech fan, we were always looking for that next guy. Sucks to see him go because that also hurt our rankings. 
and 247 Sports. We were once, I think, top 20 class, and now we're 50, 60. So, I mean, he was really our big-name athlete uh, to, yeah. re- to be committed to Virginia Tech, and we lost out on him. But, hey, good luck at Auburn. Uh, no, no hard feelings. At least not more for another week, and uh, right. I think he's gonna do a lot of big, well, a lot of good things. Honestly, uh, sitting a year behind Bo Nix, I think that's probably a good, good thing for him to sit out one year. Well, he'll be, it, you know, still a long way to signing day, so I, I wouldn't count him out just, just, you know, just yet. But I mean, it is a devastating blow because Virginia Tech, for a long, long time, has needed that, that program changing talent. Um, as it, it, it's been, it's been years since you had one. And you thought you had one here, but keep your head up, Brandon. Still a long way to go till signing day. Well, I think I think the biggest thing, and this is what's crazy about recruiting and, and such the thin thread that goes through college sports, is his big thing was he was very, very, very close to Chad Morris, who obviously you know is former Clemson offensive coordinator who then became the head coach at Arkansas. And he had been recruiting Davis to Arkansas for a, a long time since he was a freshman in high school, and they developed a really, really strong bond. Obviously, Arkansas has fallen on hard times, and Morris was let go. He was fired, and it was then named the OC at Auburn. And Davis talks about that in an interview that that was a big reason why he decommitted from Virginia Tech and went to Auburn, and now has committed to Auburn, is because of his relationship with Morris, how straight up Morris has been with him since day one, the relationship, the trust that they've built. And and then he talked about actually wanting to sit behind Bo Nix. He said, and pa- Brand, uh, Pastel and I were talking about this the other day, he said in his statement that, he knew he could go into Virginia Tech and potentially play right away, but actually felt more comfortable being able to sit behind Bo Nix and kind of learn and then also be at a program where every game is a big game in his, in, in his own words. So it's just interesting to hear that. Pastel, as, as a Virginia Tech fan, are you – I don't want to keep beating a, a, a dead horse, but how are you feeling about Fuente's ability to retec- uh, recruit talent to Tech? Uh, it, it's been in question uh, this last few years. And, again, that's going off of Rivals and 247 Sports rankings. I say all that saying I do believe Virginia Tech is going to have a very, very strong team for the next two years. Now, the class last year and the class this year, if they remain to, if it remains what it is right now, which is really a lower-ranked class in the ACC, then that's what's going to really affect Virginia Tech in three years mm-hmm. from now, four years from now. But I do believe that – Whatever he did when he first got there by getting some of these transfers, hitting on some three-star prospects, I do believe that Virginia Tech will be good for the next two years. So he's going to have to use these two years to propel recruiting classes down the road. And if he can't do that, then he's got to go. I mean, he's got to go. It's it's definitely a pivotal season for him, that's for sure. And sticking with quarterback news, another big um, quarterback commitment was Jack Sears grad transferring to Boise State. And some of you might remember Jack Sears as a four-star prospect who was very highly touted, signed with USC, and unfortunately was just kind of stuck in the spin cycle at USC. You know, he, he ended up backing up JT Daniels uh, when he came in as a freshman. He ended up backing up Keaton Slovis and we all know, when he came in as a freshman. And we all know how great those two have had, have seasons those two have had at USC. And he was also stuck behind Matt Fink as well. But this guy was a, the number four pro-style prospect uh, recruit in the entire country when he signed his letter of intent with USC. He's hasn't really done anything on the depth chart. He's kind of been mi- mired at third and fourth on the depth chart. 
And now he has an opportunity to start anew at Boise State. But here's the thing. Boise's got a stud at quarterback. His name's Hank Bachmeyer. He's the highest recruit Boise State's ever recruited to their program. He was the number six pro prospect uh, of the 2019 class. He started as a true freshman. He won at Florida State on the road in his first ever game. I mean, this kid's got some moxie. He took a lot of big hits last year and was nicked up for a lot of the year. And so, you know, he wasn't able to play a full season. So, but if you're a Boise fan, you've got to be absolutely ecstatic knowing you've got Hank Bachmeyer coming back as a true sophomore who showed flashes, who showed why he was the number one recruit ever to commit to your program. And now you have Jack Sears, who arguably was a better recruit coming out of high school than Hank Bachmeyer. He was ranked higher uh, in the class of 2017, hasn't necessarily panned out in college, but now you have some depth right there, either the backup Bachmeyer or push Bachmeyer. So, at the end of the day, Boise is making some noise at quarterback, and let's be honest, that's what you need as a mid-major program like Boise to compete with the big guys is a is strong quarterback play. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and I think what that's going to do to Bachmeyer is really going to push him because Jack Sears as a grand tra- as a grad transfer is really going to want to come in and is he's going to play. Now I think it's a win-win for everybody involved because you know Sears hasn't had really any playing time at USC. So doesn't really know what it's like to play in a football game for about three, four years. So I think he's going to be motivated uh, really to try to take that spot. But even if he doesn't take that spot, I think that probably some good mentoring will go on in the background. You're talking about a guy, you know, was a quarterback at a, you know, a big time national program that, you know, that's learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Learn from really good offensive coordinators, really good offensive minds, and is now at Boise State and kind of can teach this kid something. So I think it's a it's a win win, no matter who starts there at Boise State. And again, if God forbid something happens, kid gets hurt, you've got a you got a stud coming off the bench. So um, win win for everyone. Yeah, I don't think you can ever or argue with too much quarterback depth. And and Sears must think he he will have an opportunity to compete with Bachmeyer because I don't know. He's got two years left as a grad transfer. It's not a one-year um, deal. He's actually got two years of eligibility uh, left. So you would think he would he would have some sort of you know clue or promise to compete for the job, um, or, or he probably wouldn't have gone there. So especially, like I said, especially if someone who had the pedigree of Bachmeyer, who by all accounts is the guy at Boise State. So it's going to be a very interesting battle to watch going into 2020 and and very interested to see who pushes who and who gets the best out of it but either way for Boise I think it's a win-win because I think you're right sticking with the transfer portal pardon the interruption while we bring you some awesome news from our exclusive partners there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner bet online NASCAR is back huh. it's those newest rivalries between Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch and bet online has hundreds of other games events and sports to get in on you can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE 
to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Blue Chew! Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? I don't know which guy isn't. Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Some other big news at the quarterback position is Talia Tagovailoa transfers to Maryland. Gless, what are, you, what are your thoughts on him transferring to Maryland? Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, Maryland's in a really tough spot in the Big Ten, right? They're, they're kind of one of those middle-of-the-road, lower-end uh, Big Ten programs that really needs to start bringing in a lot of talent and talent that, more importantly, works out. <clears throat> What's interesting about him coming in is that they were a, a, a top-three contender for Kayla Williams, who, by all accounts, is the number-one quarterback prospect in the country out of Gonzaga. Now, Gonzaga is a high school in, Washington, in the city of Washington, D.C., literally probably about five five miles from the University of Maryland campus. And so there's a relationship that Mike Loxley has built there with, uh, with Caleb Williams and the fact that maybe he wants to stay home. But the other thing about Caleb Williams, and it's just kind of a little aside, I mean, that's big-time football. They play in the, um, the WCAC, the, the Washington Catholic Ath- uh, Athletic Conference. And those are schools like Good Counsel. Uh, St. John's, mm-hmm. DeMatha, uh, mm-hmm. and then you got Gonzaga. And those four schools consistently put out Division One talent. And, you know, a good amount of them, you know, stay and go to Maryland. But, you know, Maryland has yet to really put it all together. So I'm really curious to see if, if Talia is going to be the glue to really put a lot of this together. Because remember last, last year they had Josh Jackson from Virginia Tech transfer in, mm-hmm. and that turned into a disaster. Um, and it turned into a disaster quickly. He was he was awful. Couldn't believe couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, so and that was, I, and that was really I, I think, that was really disappointing because they put up seventy points in back to back games to open the season. And one was against they did, Syracuse. It, they did, and then Penn State came in and beat them fifty six to nothing or whatever it was. I remember that. <laughs> you know, everybody was really pumped for that game in the DC area, and then it was it was really over. Uh, shortly after kickoff yeah. began so but I, I think Talia brings an opportunity to Maryland to take Maryland from a lower Big Ten team to a middle to a middle tier and one that can compete in week in and week out the biggest challenge at Maryland is okay so they go in and beat the Rutgers and the Indianas but they get blown out by the Penn States and the Ohio States and the Michigans, mm-hmm. and they're never competitive in those games. I think Talia Tagovailoa, if he's anything remotely like his brother, really kind of gives him that extra element in order to at least be competitive in those games and really for Loxley to start recruiting and being continue to bring in these guys 
in that area, in that rich backyard that has the WCAC, they got to start being competitive in the Big Ten. So yeah. I think Talia Tagovailoa really gives them that opportunity. Yeah. Pastel, were you – I got two questions for you. One, were you surprised that he transferred to Maryland over, you know, say a Florida program, specifically maybe a, a Southern Florida program? Uh, and two, is there any way Talia doesn't come in and win the, and win the job? So the interesting thing to me is that he decided to transfer before the NCAA made the ruling on whether a one-time transfer can play immediately. And they decided recently, I think it was there yesterday, to punt that decision until later this winter. So now he's already committed to Maryland, and he's going to have to sit out next year unless he finds some type of hardship waiver, which that's never guaranteed. So say he has to sit out one year. Well, Maryland, to answer your question, Kenny, Maryland had a prospect named Lance Legandre last year, which is a, a top 300 player, a t- top 10 dual threat QB that had offers from Alabama, Florida State, Kansas, all these big time programs. And so, so here's my thinking. Okay, so what if he plays this year and blows it up and Talia comes in next year? What are you going to do? You're going to, I mean, obviously there'd probably be a competition, but Talia is such a big name that it's going to be so hard for him not to play after him landing him in the transfer portal. But what do you do with Lance Gondry? I'm just saying, like, these are all things that could happen. He's Because Lance Gondry is just as big a big time of a prospect as Talia was. So now with Talia sitting out one year, it kind of leaves the door open for Legandre to win that starting job for the next three years. So then what happens? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you were you at all surprised that he didn't transfer to a school closer to Tua and the family? Well, I think uh, – kind of, so I, I, I lived in Hawaii for about three to four years, and the one thing I will say that I learned over there is that family means a lot. And I think it is very interesting because I think that family, the uh, Tua's family, Italia's family, that they are very close. And they, they've come on record multiple times always speaking about God first and their families, uh, family first. Like, they're very family-oriented, God-oriented. So that kind of does surprise me that they did go up to a few states to Maryland, and he's going to be away from his family probably for the first time in a while. So it does it does surprise me, and it also surprises me the fact that I don't think it's a guaranteed starting job for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, well, and, you know, and if you're Mike Loxley, you've got to be, again, similar to what we just talked about with um, Sears and Bachmeyer, you've got to be excited. You've got a, a top-10 dual-threat quarterback in the wings. You know, maybe Josh Jackson remembers how to play quarterback, and you've got him as well. And now you've got Talia on the roster. So all of a sudden, you now have a deeper room than maybe you thought you had when you took over the position. So, um, you know, Loxley obviously using his connections, his former connections, his relationships at Alabama to bring Talia there. So that's great. That's it's it's a great move for Maryland. It's a great move for the DMV because the DMV really does not have an amazing. And when I say the DMV, for anybody not from the DMV, that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. That area does not have a banner program near there. I mean, Virginia Tech is, what, four hours away from D.C.? Yeah. You know, Maryland's the one program that 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 can actually, you know, build a brand in that area. And if they start winning, there's a – like Gless said, with, with, with that um, – with the high school league that's there, there's a lot of rich talent in their backyard. If they can start winning and start building some momentum and start bringing in the recruits, Maryland can very, very quickly yeah. turn around that program. So uh, this is going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be very interesting to visit in the next year or two and see if it was a, a good decision for Talia to transfer there or not. Uh, speaking of big recruits, Barrett Carter the from, from North Gwinnett, Georgia, North Gwinnett High School in Georgia, has – Officially committed to, no surprise, Clemson. Clemson. 
the rich get richer. He's the uh, number. He's the number fifty-one overall prospect in the country. Uh, the number four ranked outside linebacker in the country, according to the twenty-four-seven uh, Sports Composite. And I mean, you name a uh, 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 you name a college in the country, and he had an offer from him. So he went to. He just committed to Clemson yesterday. And I thought it was funny because he's – I think he's the first big commit since uh, Dabo Sweeney released – or has joined TikTok. And remember, everybody was kind of harping on <laughs> yeah. Dabo, crying about like, oh, what a what a nerd. You know, that's such a hokey thing to do. That's not a fun thing, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, it has no impact whatsoever on the recruiting trail because they get someone like Barrett. Oh, dude, those, those players are jacked up from when Debo does that – or Dabo does that stuff, I think. I think us as fans, but man, that's corny, whatever. But those players, dude, they love him. I don't know what it is, but they will go in any foxhole with him. So that's, it's, a, it's obviously right. great, great, great pickup for Clemson. What? It's crazy because like they just got Shipley. Was it a week or two ago? Like, you starting to see yep. that it's starting. Things are picking up steam right now for uh, Clemson, and who knows? They I'm, might be jumping into that top yeah, too. I, I, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I, I think we're seeing an interesting, and this is a not. It has to do with recruiting, and it. it you know, Brandon, you're going to go over the, the kind of the current top 10 rankings here in a little bit. But we're kind of seeing a little bit of a shift in college football when, you know, we talk about banner and alpha programs. You know, for a long time, it's it's been Alabama, right? It, it's been Alabama. And then Clemson, I would say, is probably that other other alpha program. I think LSU, you know, has always been extremely, extremely good. But this year obviously was, you know, the greatest year ever. And then Ohio State, but I think I think it's a little bit of a prediction, but I think you may see Alabama take a step back or, you know, take a couple steps back here in the next few years, and Ohio State and Clemson will be the two alpha programs. Um, and you see that Clemson is still bringing in these guys to, to do that. So I think it's, it's, it, it's good. It, well, one, I like Clemson, so I like seeing it happen that way. But, you know, good for Dabo. You know, yeah. that's – it's it's the lifeblood. They're able to get really really good defensive players all the time. But by, by the way, we talk about Gless. You and I talk about Gwinnett a lot, uh, North Gwinnett a lot off off the air. Those guys just produce dudes. Listen, to this Barrett Carter is six one. By the way, he's a rising senior. He's not like like he's still growing. He's still growing in his body. He's six one, two twenty, runs a four five nine, has a thirty five inch vertical can bench 315 and squat 400 and power clean 275 as a rising senior. Yeah. How the, I mean, is this one of the this might be one of the best programs in the entire United States at sending out or one of the most under the radar programs at sending out talent to colleges. I feel like Gwinnett's always on the map. Oh yeah. I, I mean they you just got dudes. What was Gwinnett? Is that North Atlanta? Yeah. North Atlanta I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. I mean just tons of talent in that area. Well, not only tons of talent, but tons of college programs are also in there. It's just such a football-rich area yeah. that you have in kind of that the the that Atlanta area, southern Al- you know, northern Alabama, southern South Carolina. So it's a hotbed, man, and and, hotbed, and, to, and it's yeah. always nice to go into enemy territory. At this point, Clemson going into Georgia and poaching um, some talent away from George, from the Georgia Bulldogs. It's always a nice kind of feather in your cap as a big program. Speaking of uh, poaching talents and, and recruiting and, and, and other states and stuff like that, Pastel, why don't you give us a current rundown of, of this week's top 10 rankings? Yeah, uh, and I'm actually really curious right now because I, I was listening to something the other day, and they're saying these virtual tours, by the way, for these athletes, 
they're about three hours, two to three hours worth of virtual tour. So I'm, as I'm looking at the top 10, I, all I can think about is they're like their, their media production, the, you know, like the Riley Brashaws of the world. Like this is where they get paid right now to market the heck <laughs> out of these schools through like a digital platform and really sell these recruits on it. And I guess we're going to go through the list of the, the teams that are doing that very well right now. By, so, by the way, shout out to Riley Bradshaw and his new podcast, Fin It to Win It. Uh, hey, I like it. Nice plug. Yeah. Second best podcast on Blue Wire with us. Me exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So getting right at it, number one, Ohio State, really no change there. Number two, Tennessee. And they honestly have just kept continuing that momentum. It, it's crazy to believe it, but they still picked up another four star this past week. Number three, Clemson. We just mentioned it, what they've been doing this past few weeks. North Carolina rising up in the ACC right now. Uh, USC. Number five, LSU picked up another four-star this past week. Uh, they're sitting at number six. Florida Gators, number seven. Minnesota, I like seeing them stay in the top ten, but they're sitting at number eight right now. Iowa, that's that's still crazy to me right now that they're at number nine. Isn't that nine crazy? That's uh, crazy to me. And then you see the, the traditional powerhouses uh, at Texas. And the one the one riser I want to mention, and it might be because of the Talia uh, recruit, is Maryland. They're up to 13 guys. Like, yep. They're – they're, they're a program on the rise, it seems like. It's just, well, do you uh, want to believe well, it or not? <laughs> well, well, re- recruiting-wise, Loxie's a great recruiter. There's no doubt about it. But he's got to, you know, like we were talking about earlier, he's he's got to win some ball games. I think they won three last year. But good for them. Yeah. You know. And uh, some, some just some uh, risers and followers real quick outside the top ten. Oklahoma, they've had some pretty big prospects the, the last ten days. They've moved up to 27. Mm-hmm. Auburn's moved up to 24. These are all teams sitting around 50 a week a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, shout out to you, Kenny. Wake Forest has now cracked the top 35. They're at 34 yeah. now. Picking up some pretty good linemen this past uh, ten days. Here's, some, here's one that has not changed much, and that's Alabama, guys. Still sitting at 46. And I know everyone wants to believe – that these these guys are gonna keep, they're gonna get you know a bunch of five star or four stars here in the next few months. That they're gonna jump up mm-hmm. in the top five, but everyone keeps signing players, and Alabama isn't. So while I do expect them to jump up in that top ten, top fifteen, maybe it's just I don't know. Caution alert! Watch out! And they're sitting at forty six right now. So there's kind of some notable notable classes right now that I think uh, it's just something to keep an eye on right now. Yeah, I. I- I'd be interested as we get later on in the recruiting season. Obviously, the the top you know uncommitted five stars are going to start really rolling downhill. Mike, the question is going to be is is if Alabama lands a, a a couple five stars, is that really going to create a domino waterfall effect where you know they're going to be able to flip a couple other five stars? Because once you sign one or two, you can say, hey, look, this is what we got going on. And then you, obviously you sell Alabama, but I guess the biggest thing is and with Alabama to me is Nick Saban. Obviously we talked, we kind of joked about this, but it's, it's kind of serious. He just started his own email account. Like his wife had been running his email account for a while. Is he, is it being overhyped that he maybe doesn't know how to do a lot of this tech stuff and isn't very technologically savvy or doesn't have a very big media, like social media presence. Is that overhyped or is that something to be concerned about in this, in this, in this situation right now where you kind of have to be. I personally think it's overhyped a little bit because that's not Nick Saban's job. Uh, that's everybody else's job at Alabama to do all that. And then you get him on the phone with Nick Saban and then Nick Saban, you give your pitch. Like that has nothing to do in my opinion of what Nick Saban should be doing behind the scenes of all this virtual tours and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Brandon. I think it's, I think it's probably 
pretty pretty overhyped. I think it's more in in kind of a weird way. It, it's kind of fun to poke at because it looks like there's a little bit of chink in the armor, right? Mm -hmm. That he can't even operate his own email or hadn't been able to do it <laughs> until this. Um, I agree with Brandon though. I mean, all his assistants are there to do all this stuff, but but I wonder if the constant, you know, Alabama in the last five, six, seven years, there's been so much turnover on that staff. I wonder if, if maybe that's starting to catch up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know you know what I mean? I, I think that would be the, the bigger story is, hey, are you, are you now getting assistants in here that can recruit? Are you keeping these assistants? Mm -hmm. And what relationships do they have with these kids anymore? So just something to, just something to keep an eye on. I think that's probably yeah. the bigger story. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little overblown. I mean, it's Bama. You should be able to recruit to Bama. But, yeah, unless you do bring up a good point with with the, uh, as much turnover they've had on the staff the last three, four, five years with people just getting other jobs and having to bring in analysts and stuff like that who they end up uh, elevating. So uh, that is, you know, that's that's always an issue. Change is, change is a must, but sometimes too much change can hurt. Yep. So before we get into some notable signings, some other notable signings this week. I thought one thing of interest, and I just wanted to keep note of it, is is the news on Corey Foreman this week. And for a while now, USC has been pretty much the proverbial favorite to land the number one prospect in the nation, uh, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. Uh, he's at a Centennial High School out in California, and it's been USC, USC, USC. The confidence has been, you know, eight out of 10, nine out of 10. Well, all of a sudden this week, there's been some kind of shift. There's been unnamed sources who are saying that, you know, they're, they've been, he's been in contact with coach O and LSU and Kirby smart and their respective staffs. And now there's more talk of, it sounds like he could end up going South. So where USC is still the favorite to sign him, they're now the confidence is the two out of ten according to twenty four seven instead of the eight and nine out of ten that it's been. So a big big shift with the number one overall recruit in the nation. So I I, I don't have a lot more to go on on that. I don't want to make it sound like we're trying to speculate that he's going to end up going somewhere else or committing somewhere else. But it's just interesting to keep an eye on for our listeners that the number one overall prospect that the the tectonic plates seem to be shifting a little bit, and, and he could end up in the SEC versus in the Pac-12, uh, staying home in the Pac-12 and going to USC. Just something I, I thought I'd, I'd mention there. So, Brandon, why don't you why don't you talk about some other notable signings as we wrap up? Yeah, and it's just I'm going to go over probably you know eight ten players, just something that. You, if you if you're a fan of say Temple, that I'm going to highlight here, someone an athlete that committed to your school that isn't a normal five star prospect. So I just want to kind of highlight some other people that uh, outside the LSU's and Alabama's for everybody. So Temple, uh, Johnny Martin, he's a running back. I think he was yeah top top. It was 617th overall prospect according to 247 Sports, and he's just a just go ahead and watch his highlights. He's going to be a fun running back. I think he's going to be playing early in Temple's offense. So big pickup for Temple. Tennessee, I'm not going to continue. Oh my goodness, it's, it's unbelievable. They just they're on fire right now. This is a slow week for them, and they still picked up another four star athlete, and that's uh, and Cayman Marley. Uh, so he's going to be really fun to watch. He's a six foot six foot two, two hundred six pound athlete from North Carolina. Kind of shocked he didn't go to North Carolina the way they've been recruiting uh, lately. Uh, let's go ahead and look at uh, Bowling Green. They picked up a all purpose back named Jason Patterson. And, and a guy like this, I think that you can use him in so many different ways outside in the passing game and the running game that you really don't think a Bowling Green would be able to pick up a prospect like this. But big, big pickup for them. Let's go down to how about Washington State and Andrew Edson. 
He's a weak side uh, defensive end, but really, I don't know, Gloss, how you feel about this. Weak side, strong side, it's defensive end, defensive end at this point. Uh, but he's got the size. He's six foot three, 240 pounds, and I think he's just only going to add weight and be a very dynamic player for Washington State. Kenny, Wake Forest, it's, it's your boy, huh? Another another offensive lineman named Matt Golbin. I mean, I feel like all they're doing recently is picking up. It's just building the trenches. They're Love it. Building the trenches, and this guy's a big dude, six foot four, two hundred ninety pounds. And again, he's only going to put on more weight. So that's yep. another big time, big time prospect for Wake Forest. Clemson. You know what the interesting thing about Clemson is? They picked up another quarterback, and he's not even a big time quarterback. He's a he's a three star quarterback. Uh, that is 6'4", 195. That's Bubba Chandler. So it's kind of interesting why Bubba, I think he could have gone to many other schools, but he chose to go to Clemson. And I'm So actually some news about that is he was, a, a, he was committed to play baseball at Georgia. And I don't know if Georgia then decided at the 12th hour to not let him play dual sports. But then Clemson, I guess, caught wind of that or caught wind of that maybe he was trying to – to he wanted he had interest at staying with football and baseball and came in and offered him a scholarship to play quarterback at Clemson so which then he decommitted from Georgia's baseball uh, program and then signed with Clemson's football program so it sounds like Clemson's probably going to let him play both sports and it sounds like Georgia took a stance against playing both sports so it's very interesting dynamic there but that was that's that's how that all came about that's interesting very interesting yeah and, and Pastel, to, to answer your question, the difference between weak side and strong side, defensive end, and just for the listeners. So generally your strong side defensive end, that's going to be what's called a power end. So it's going to be the defensive end that'll end up matching up against a tight end or a tackle. Like So the strong side of an offensive line, the weak side is generally dictated by the tight end. So your strong side it generally is not going to be the better pass rusher. It's going to be the stronger, bulkier guy who can kind of handle being double teamed, who can, you know, end up really manning up and bumping that tight end to knock him off his route. Your weak side defensive end is going to be your kind of your big time pass rusher, your, your better athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's good. Good yeah. breakdown, Gloss. So. Uh, I'm going to go over just a couple more quick players. Hey, hot take right now. Traylon Davis, he's a tight end for West Virginia. West Virginia, watch it. He's going to be playing in the NFL one day. Uh, it's a three-star pickup for them. Big-time prospect for West Virginia. Stanford, they picked up a, a pretty good safety. Josh Moore, he's three stars out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I think he's he's one of those guys, you just kind of watch his film, and it's like he, you can see the ball skills are there and the instincts. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. And a pretty solid defensive back uh, backfield for Stanford. And then kind of just rounding it all out, freaking Oregon, man. Dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, Oregon, they've been recruiting well these last few years, and they got a, they got they another recruit four. offensive line so well. Jonah yeah. Miller, offensive tackle. Yep. He's six big. foot eight, guys, 285 pounds. Go ahead. Learn behind uh Pene Soul. Like <laughs> you can't you can't you can't ask for a better uh, mentor than that guy. So it's gonna be yeah. very, very interesting to see what how that works out. But that's just kind yeah. of to highlight some prospects. Pretty good, pretty good weekend uh, college recruiting. Yeah, just real quick on the uh, the Oregon signing real quick. No surprise to me. I mean, Mark Cristobal is an offensive line guy, and uh, you know he was one of the biggest offensive line prospects on the West Coast down in Arizona, so it doesn't surprise me at all that he's racking in really mm-hmm. great offensive line recruits. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, at the end of the day, I think what everybody loves about recruiting is, and, and what everybody loves about the NFL draft, same thing, is this is your team's future. 
This is you know the new hope. This is something everybody gets hyped about because, hey, my team is, is signing these players. My team is doing these things to get better, and this is where we can project to be in the next couple of years. And, and there's rankings attached to it. I love it. I, and, and I hope everybody else is loving the recruiting roundup. Again, this is a show that we're going to drop every Friday morning for forever as long as prospects 101 is a show there will be a recruiting roundup friday morning so with that you can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at prospects 101 pod we have a discord that you can join as well and talk with other college football fans Uh, it's where we get a lot of our questions and a lot of our suggestions on what people want to hear and and again if you have any suggestions on what you want to hear on the show please reach out to us make sure you're giving us a five-star review on apple podcast uh five-star uh, review and, and comment as well and also you can listen to us on any place you get your podcast from whatever whatever website whatever app you use to listen to podcasts we're on so with that i'll say good night for brandon glessner say good night for brandon pastel and as always have a great weekend i'm kenny keller